0: Welcome to Fright Fix. My name's Suk.
1: My name's Celia.
0: How's it going, Celia?
1: I am good, I'm good. I'm, um yeah, I'm excited for this episode. I've got <laughs> (laughs) I can't tell you yet until we get into it, but there was something about this film that I just can't get over, so I'm excited to see what you
0: think. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's interesting. Okay, Um, now now you've got me curious.
1: Yeah, how are you?
0: So last week, it was raining like the whole week, right? Yeah. There were some seeds, like grass seeds I planted or just threw onto the grass like three months ago. Yeah. And because of all the rain last week, they've all suddenly started growing.
1: (laughs) That is the most wholesome thing I've ever heard, so (laughs) happy. happy what your grass seeds well you know what's gonna happen it's it's now gonna rain so much and then it's gonna get frosty and then the grass is gonna die i'm not a pessimist but
0: (laughs) well it's just uh it makes sense since we're doing a horror podcast that everything has a horrific end
1: everything dies (laughs) nothing is safe
0: (laughs) (laughs) even grass (laughs) So this week we'll be reviewing the twenty twelve horror sinister starring Ethan Hawke and directed by Scott Derrickson.
1: Find your Fright Fix anywhere you listen to podcasts and follow us on social media at FrightFix Podcast.
0: And follow us on YouTube at FrightFix. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so before we continue, I have to give you the obligatory spoiler warning. So if you've not watched the movie and you're living in the UK, Sinister is currently on Netflix. So pause this episode, go watch it and come back when you're ready.
1: Quick summary of the film. So a washed up true crime writer, Ellison Oswald, finds a box of Super 8 home movies in his new home that suggests the murder that he is currently researching is the work of a serial killer whose legacy dates back to the 1960s. What?
0: Oh my gosh!
1: <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> so uh, what did you think of this one? Well,
1: I i mean, from the little synopsis that I just read, you know, it is a really interesting storyline, I think, this film, um, for a horror film. You know, his job is a crime writer, he's trying to figure out what's happened. It makes it really easy for a narrative to progress because it's kind of the whole plot is built around trying to figure out what happened. Yeah. Because, you know, in some films where they spend most of the film in denial that something's happened in the house or you know and then it, it's only halfway through that they go right now let's figure out what's happened and who this ghost is yeah this film kind of does it straight from the beginning it's not that he's looking for a ghost but he's looking for answers so I really like the yeah the storyline of his character and how it progresses
0: yeah. um he's like a detective almost isn't he He
1: is and it's just refreshing that they don't waste any time with the denial because sometimes that <laughs> is really annoying especially in horror films where like don't believe in ghosts and it takes them ages to like to be like Okay there is a ghost Even though like They've seen apparitions Like a thousand times In this film It is very much like From the get go Let's let's get it Let's get it done um, And this is the thing I want to say And I don't know If you agree with me Go on This film Is so scary <laughs> Like I I This is the first film We've watched In the however many episodes We've done Of Fright Fix uh, I yeah, was alone yeah. When I watched it And yep. I was alone When it finished And yep. I was truly <laughs> Too scared To get up Like I've <laughs> never Never been that scared before what we've been doing these things. right
0: so talk me through your setup when you were watching it like was it on a laptop iPad TV oh, so you-,
1: I, you know I was doing the full hog I had it on the big TV the the you know it was all dark around me and yeah. we have like an open plan everything basically so when the film ended I was just in darkness and yeah. then there was just like this house and I was like oh my god there's gonna be something over there <laughs> and the problem is because it was quite windy that day like yeah. the wind starts making the door Move and there's like little creaks and stuff, and you can hear the neighbours through the wall. And it just was like every sound that happened in the house. I was actually getting freaked out about. Mm. That's never happened with watching a different film for yeah. fright fix before. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So that was an experience that yeah probably will stick with me. And I usually wear headphones around the house because I just find it easier to listen to things like a podcast. Like I'm sure.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just <laughs> plug it, <laughs> plugging up. Our- own podcast while we're recording the podcast. That would be brilliant marketing. <laughs> um, but I couldn't put my headphones on because I was too scared that I couldn't hear the noises and that like sleep was going to come up behind me. Mm. What it was about this film.
0: Imagine that like you finish the movie and then there's a hand on your shoulder behind yeah. you. Ooh. Yeah
1: Oh god But uh, So yeah I think What I was gonna say Was that this is a really Scary film to me And I think It Mr. Boogie Or Bagul It is to me A very scary character Like The fact that he's so ominous And he's silent And he's just in the background And he's manipulating everything mm. You know it For me That's And the way he Especially the way he looked I thought was very Very scary um, I also find That lost footage um, Trope That used I uh, used in films Quite scary as Well, because it makes it a bit more real, like, oh, I've just found this and let's do some investigating. It just feels a little bit more like that's possible. Um, and you kind of get caught up in it. Um, but I read an interesting fact, um, and I don't know if this is true, I hope it is, but in 2020, Forbes magazine conducted a study, um, Science of Scare project, where the heart rate of the viewers were monitored while they watched a number of horror films. And out of the 35 films, this was the scariest film with the average heart rate of 80. Spiking at 131. This is often deemed the most scariest movie ever made.
0: Yeah, I can see
1: you nodding along because you must have read that. Yeah, I saw
0: the same thing, so it must be true. Obviously.
1: (laughs) So I feel like I'm justified in thinking this is a really, really scary film. (laughs) Yeah. um, And then the last thing I wanted to say was this isn't a gory film. Like it's not overly bloody or shocking because they do cut the scenes where they're about to be killed just before the characters get killed in the lost footage most of the time. Like you see a hanging and a drowning kind of, but the, the, it's not overly bloody or gory. They really do focus on the jump scares. You and... do
0: see her throat getting slit open. Who? <laughs> just you know the uh, the, the murders when um, the sleepy time murders, when the people are in the, in the beds? Oh yeah, you to the do. Bed.
1: She sits on her and slits her throat. Oh, that's a good point. I always just, well, maybe that was a uh, misremembering. I just thought it wasn't overly gory and it wasn't like they used Use that to be scary. No,
0: no, it wasn't like blood spurting out everywhere. I think yeah. it was kind of like they show the knife. Actually, I think you might be right. They show the knife near the neck, and then it cuts to the, the throat already being slit open. So it's like they yeah some frames missing or something. I think it was intentional.
1: Yeah, because you've got some films like *Brightburn* who really focus on being like quite graphic in the gore. Mm. Mm. I like think that's almost what makes it a horror film. Whereas this one, it feels like it was the creepiness that made it a horror film. Oh yeah, than, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. it's not a slasher film or anything like that. Um, but yeah, so I feel like. <laughs> it rambled on a bit there But that no, is no, my no. overall thoughts What about you? And you're now going to say This wasn't scary at all <laughs> no, 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 no,
0: no Not at all no, it's, This is just another case of I think we're on the same page with this movie yeah. This film has a few kind of key ingredients That always terrify the hell out of me To be honest yeah. And any movie with these few ingredients Oh my gosh, I'm like in So like the first one is kids Yeah Like those freaky little vacant faces Yeah <laughs> <laughs> You know of children that like commit crimes i don't know if it's something yeah. about there. the unassumingness of children or their innocence yeah. but just kids and horror movies just just that alone is enough to terrify me yeah
1: it's, it's kind of i do remember in our first ever episode when we were talking about the woman in black you would yeah. picked up on one of the scariest bits being all the the most you know the thing that impacted you the most was when the three girls kind of with that vacant look on their face kind of jump out the window and the film starts it's kind of the same thing it's like oh god these little children are like <laughs> Doing things that they're not controlling, and it's just oh, you got very a good creepy. memory. That
0: was like 21 episodes ago.
1: Oh, it's stuck in my brain.
0: <laughs> oh man, you're really good. I might get you to be my biographer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember anything. Like, if it happened more than like a year ago, I don't know. So, it, you have to make it quick if you want to buy something.
0: Anything to do with the horrors or scares, you're yep. in Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, the other one of the other ingredients in what, may, what, I, what I find quite scary or a scary trope or whatever it's just that kind of old timey grainy home movie footage and this film is like crammed with it Yeah, just anything like it's grainy dusty scratchy film Mm -hmm. shot handheld I don't know man it's like it just transports you to a different time and it's just a lovely uh, scare device in horror movies and it works for me it works most of the times Yeah. and the other ingredient is just that freaky music that sounds like it's being played in reverse
1: oh god yeah it grates on you yeah
0: and yeah, just that kind of there's no melody there or any kind of harmony or anything but it's just this just sounds and just Mm -hmm. yeah, it just sounds like music being played in reverse like Mm. but I bet if you played it the other way around it's probably like somewhere over a rainbow or something but yeah (laughs) it's just like yeah man
1: So this had all of those things mixed together. Yeah,
0: yeah. And it kind of worked. Like, I watched this film before. So I've seen it before. I think we've both seen it before. And, like, watching it this time around, I thought I'd just sleepwalk through it. Yeah. Because I remember the first time I watched it, I remember not liking it too much. But this time around, I was like, what was I thinking? Like, this is actually a really Mm -hmm. good movie. And Yeah. yeah, And as you mentioned about not being overly violent, like, it isn't overly violent. It isn't, you know, it's not like there's any uh, swearing or nudity or anything like that. But it's still, like, got an adult range.
1: Yeah, because I know they, they tried to make it PG-13, I think. I mean,
0: what um, were they thinking?
1: I don't know how they ever thought... <laughs> I find that so annoying. I think we said this in a different podcast as well, where you toe the line so close between PG-13 and an R-rated film. Clearly, you're never going to get it PG-13, so why don't you just make it R-rated? Like, just go, yeah. go for it. Because even if you didn't show nudity or, or sex or overt violence, the nature of the story is not something a 13-year-old should watch. No,
0: no, 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 no. This is... Uh, uh, textbook uh, adult content.
1: hundred percent, a hundred percent.
0: I loved how they each one of the murder scenes had like a cutesy name, yeah. like a child had named it.
1: Yeah, uh, it's like a pool party and
0: oh, yeah, oh work. hanging
1: hanging out. That was a good yeah, one. family hanging out. Family <laughs> <probably> hanging out. <laughs>
0: family hanging out basically means the family being hung from their necks yeah. from a tree, and lawn work is basically the family being run over with a lawnmower. With a lawnmower.
1: Oh god, that one. Yeah.
0: There's a whole bunch of them, but yeah, but yeah, that's uh, yeah. those are kind of my like initial overall kind of thoughts of the film.
1: Nice. So you know we talked about scary aspects, but what did you think specifically about the acting and the casting choices for this film? Um,
0: I I really like Ethan Hawke. Uh, mm-hmm. Generally, I I think he's a bit of an underrated actor, and I I like watching him. I think he's I think he's really good. Yeah, and uh, I think he carries this movie, and uh, I think it's because of his kind of star power. You know, I think mm. he kind of gives this film a bit of credibility. Because it, I think I think he's the only name like named actor in the movie, or the only kind yeah. of like known actor that I can think of immediately. And uh, I think they could have very easily just gone with an unknown and kept the whole mm-hmm. thing very low budget. But I think they I wouldn't be surprised if they spent a large portion of the film's budget on having a named actor yeah. appear. And I think getting him in it, it's good. I, I I really liked him, and I yeah. also uh, really liked the deputy so and so character. Yeah.
1: yeah, I had to keep going back and saying, "Is he called deputy so and so?"
0: Yeah, I mean he, he I don't think he's actually named in this movie I think it's just like deputy so-and-so whatever and I think he's in the sequel as well right and I think the sequel revolves around him oh. and he doesn't get named in that either <laughs> Oh. Yeah, but I really liked his character. I could just imagine, like uh, I don't know, like yeah, I just liked how he was so helpful and so like just trying to be involved. And yeah, you know, he seemed like a kind of a well-natured uh, police officer character. And mm. uh, and I would like, I would personally like to see more of him. in like him just getting wrapped up in all these kind of occultish yeah. mysteries and whatnot. Him yeah. just kind of being like, hey guys, how can I help you? You know? Like.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and to be honest, like he does. If his job is like as a deputy in a police department. Like, he has the right to be able to investigate like murders and imagine, if yeah, he could have a series about all the murders that end up being supernatural. And he's the one that kind of comes in and figures it out. So you've got the crime element, but you've also got the supernatural element. You've got yeah. Deputy So and So in the middle.
0: <laughs> and even on the phone, like, Ethan Hawke has him saved as Deputy So and So.
1: I wonder why they did that. Was it just supposed to be a comedic thing, maybe?
0: I did think about that, actually. Um, and I think it's got something to do with the fact that Ethan Hawke, his character, is so just single-mindedly focused on getting this book out and his career mm. and his stardom and his fame that he kind of puts his family second right and he kind of is using the police officer the deputy in order to advance his kind of journey or his career to the point where he's kind of almost dehumanized him he's just using ah. him so he doesn't care what he's care what the detectives or the deputy's name is so he's literally just calling him deputy zone so that's just my theory i could be totally wow, wrong that
1: i think you have hit the nail on the head that's brilliant i, I did, think that's true
0: what did do you think it was?
1: Well, I didn't think anything. <laughs> I, didn't, I couldn't <laughs> okay. figure it out. I know that you said that. I'm like, obviously, that's what it was. No, I think you're right. I think it was just like it was a dis. Like he just disregards him and says, you know, I don't need to know who you are because you're not. F- you're not my focus. And you know, his character is very. You know, uh, Ethan Hawke's character is very much entwined in his own career. I mean, yeah. they wouldn't be in that house if they weren't. If he wasn't. So I think you're bang on. I hope
0: so. I can't yeah. think of anything else it could be. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's it kind of very small thoughts I have. On- the Hmm. casting and performances what did did you think
1: well the first thing I thought was um, where is the cast of Insidious because (laughs) I keep thinking it's because this film is called Sinister and like the the Insidious and the Conjuring and everything they all have these kind of one name one word titles that have you know adjectives for horror things (laughs) so (laughs) I always think that this film is part of the Insidious uh, you know franchise so when it started I was like is the right film? Am I watching the right film? Like I knew who Ethan Hawke was. So I knew it was going to be, a, you know, it was a proper film. Yeah. Yeah. And so it did take me a while to realise, oh yeah, this isn't going to be a Patrick Wilson. And no, no. What's the name?
0: Cause you got confused with last week's film. for this.
1: Yeah, one, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mixed up insidious and sinister. And then I think I just haven't been able to, I think I just forgot what this film was. So it took me a little while to be like, right. Okay. This isn't part of it. It's, it's not going to. Yeah. Um, but when I figured out that this is a completely different film, <laughs> <laughs> um, I kind of agree with you. I think that um, Ethan Hawke's character, Ellison is it Ellison um, was really interesting, like I said at the beginning and I think he played it really well and I think they they definitely focused on his character development and yeah. everybody else in the film was to bolster his character. you know yeah, they yeah, they didn't yeah. go into detail about kids really. they only did to help the, the narrative along. And the same with his wife, you know um, I think she was a reasonable person. She was absolutely fair enough to say I don't want to live in a house where people were yeah. murdered yeah. and the tree yeah. is still there that they hanged from so but i think they were all used just to push this this narrative about this crime writer and i think that was probably a, a you know a justified thing to do with the other characters because i think that this is quite a unique plot um for a horror film and so they have kind of hyper focused on this one character and i think that 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 worked really well um i i really liked i wondered what you thought about this scene um and i've never seen it done in another film you know in any film you, they're trying to get the motivations of the characters across in different ways whether that's through conversation whether they're flipping through a memory book or you know they're you know they're writing something down they're painting but in this film to get across Ellison's character you know the yeah. character of Ellison his motivations he re-watches an old interview yeah. that he yeah. did on TV yeah. where he literally talks about why he does it like yeah. he says yeah. things like because they say why do you spend so much time exploring grisly content he says I'm driven by a sense of injustice and he says all this and it's like that was a really interesting way of just getting across what this why this character is the way he is and where it's going to go because it sh- clearly shows he's pretty obsessed with it. Yeah, um, and yeah. he's and he's quite full of himself and he thinks that he's kind of got the savior complex of being able to <laughs> you know go into a crime and be like, as a crime writer, I do a better job than, than police the police. Or
0: yeah, yeah.
1: And I just I just thought that was a really interesting way of getting those motivations across.
0: Yeah, because to his wife, he's talking about we're going to be rich beyond our wildest dreams. Yeah. And we're gonna Never have to work again and blah 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 yeah. it's, but on, yeah, on the thing he's like yes all for justice
1: and yeah he, and he's <laughs> he says um, I'd rather cut off my hands than write a book for fame and money and like mm. even he cringes at the fact that he said that like you can yeah, while but... he's watching it back he kind of rolls his eyes it's like he's so clearly not doing that like he's doing it for fame and money I mean they want a big house and they want yeah, a nice and by, life
0: and by the end of the film he's cut up into pieces
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's such a good point <laughs> there's like foreshadowing to the end um, Um, And then I, the other thing I was going to say was I thought his reactions to the found footage were amazing. And I don't know if you saw this while you were looking online, but I found a fact, um, again, don't know if this is true, but they said that Ethan Hawke had never seen the snuff films prior to the recording of Sinister. So when his character watches them, it is the first time he's seen it. And those reactions are, you know, real to the point of, he knows it's not real footage, but he has never seen it before.
0: And they use that
1: in the final film which I thought was quite interesting.
0: It's a great way to do it because then uh, there's no better, I mean getting a real reaction obviously is no comparison to acting is it like it's yeah. just if you yeah, can exactly. do it then why not yeah. yeah. You know you,
1: you sit him down you say right we're going to show you some footage and you know give him a bit of context but don't actually tell him what it looks like or what the scenes are yeah that's and and I did pick it up in the film so it clearly worked um, and I thought wow those are proper reactions
0: yeah I think the, his, the reaction that I liked the best of his is when he I think it was the lawnmower killing because the way he Jumps and recoils out of his seat when he sees the
1: yeah.
0: lawnmower go because the lawnmower is moving in the dark. You can't see anything else, but then suddenly, yeah. for a brief second, you see it go over a face. Yeah, and Ethan Hawke just jumps out of his chair, and I yeah. thought that. I mean, that got me as well. Yeah, I think, and it was more Ethan Hawke's reaction that made yeah. me kind of jump a little bit. So yeah, so clearly the technique, you know, it worked. Clearly worked. Yeah, yeah, it did work.
1: The only gripe I have with the costume choices for these characters was the fact that Ethan Hawke's character, you know, when you you say okay, this is going to be a crime writer who's you know a bit nerdy. Yeah, you know, okay, give him a cardigan and glasses on a chain. And it's like how obvious can you get? Like, can you not give him anything other than a cardigan and glasses on a chain? And I think he was wearing like a university, a college hoodie or something. And it's like it's just so you know obviously <laughs> trying to get across that this person is uh you know a, an English uh, writer and whatever it's literary, like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, oh man, I bet wearing a cardigan in there is super comfortable I've never worn one But I can imagine, I mean, I wear glasses, obviously, because you can see my face But yeah. the, thought, the thought of, um, as I'm getting older, the thought of having, like, a chain around my glasses Is becoming more and more appealing
1: <laughs> It's more and more practical <laughs>
0: Yeah, because I, I get it now, I'm like, it makes sense, it's comfortable, isn't it? So
1: It's practical, but my god, it's not very fashionable <laughs> I'd still respect you, I'd still respect you if you did it
0: uh, Lucky for me, I've never been fashionable, so... <laughs>
1: Or you could get those glasses that unhook from the in the middle of your nose. Have you, oh seen those?
0: Yes, <laughs> you can see Yes, i have wrap seen
1: them, <laughs> You can wrap them around your and around your neck. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh.
0: So, uh, what were your favourite scenes or elements of uh, Sinister?
1: Well, I mean, for this film, I didn't have too many favourite scenes, um, you know, but there were a few that I thought were really cool. And one of them was um, the kind of slow motion scene where Ethan Hawke's character. Character is walking through the house and the dead children kind of uh, yeah. come up but they're all in slow motion this yeah. almost silent and the pacing of that was really interesting because there were no jump scares There was there was no loud music that kind of they've used throughout the film mm-hmm. it just completely changed into this really slow ominous it was almost like a dream as he was walking through these different characters I want to say popped out but they didn't pop out at all they kind of just appeared and yeah. ran really slowly towards him and you see them for a long time and they they disappear just before he can or they go around a corner just before he turns around and it just broke the film up and i thought it was a really innovative way of creeping yes. you out yeah. um but i really respect it because this film kind of like insidious and a few of the other ones i don't it's not overly deep um it's designed yeah. to scare but it just had this little glimmer of trying to do something different with a horror film that That's, i really respected
0: yeah 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 i liked. to uh, yeah i know the exact scene you're talking about because it felt like i remember thinking it the first time I'd watched it as well like Ethan Hawke seems to be walking around his house at normal speed it felt like yeah and he's just going about his way or whatever or I think he's creeped out I think he knows something's in the house or whatever yeah but at every turn there's a, a one of the ghost children behind yeah. him or whatever but they seem to be moving at slow motion yeah. whereas he's walking at normal and you're right at normal yeah. speed and uh, yeah they make you don't hear the ghost children's footsteps or when they jump yeah. you don't hear the ruffling of their the rustling of their clothes or anything
1: Yeah. And, uh, yeah
0: yeah I agree with you yeah, that was quite a good
1: one it was it was just yeah I really liked that I appreciated that um, I really liked that this film and massive spoiler doesn't have a trivial happy ending mm. I, you know I'm glad that this film ended on the cliffhanger of it's still happening like they haven't got rid of the the demon the ghost they yeah. they yeah. W- they are ultimately killed as well and they're just part of this um, chain of families who get killed once they move mm. house um, and I just think that yeah I really appreciate because I'd forgotten because I can't remember anything. I've forgotten how this film ended. And I was kind of building myself up to say, I'm really annoyed that they survived. Like, I'm really annoyed that this... (laughs) But when they didn't, I was like, okay, fair enough. They didn't do what I thought they would do. Um, And then just a few things that really scared me. (laughs) Um, I think you mentioned it, um, the pool scene, um, when they're, I think it's called pool party or something. Yeah. Um, When he sees that the face of, what's his name? Um, The boogeyman. Yeah, Bagul um, in the water. And he kind yes. of like turns his head. I thought that was so creepy. Like yeah, it was just, good, yeah. um, and apparently the actor who did that had to stay underwater. He had like weights yes. in his pockets and he had to like yeah. stay under there because <laughs> um, they were quite worried about that scene and, and the hanging scene because they had to use people, you know, actually slightly doing those things. So like the actors did go into the water and had to stay there for a little little while. Obviously not enough to drown you. But I know that the the production team were quite worried about some of those scenes to make them look real. You kind of can't use any CGI. And they use the Uh, actual um, Whatever it's called Super 8 film So you you know It kind of has to happen Um, And then the bit That really scared me This is my last thing Was when the face So he has Bagul's face On his computer And then the face moves On the computer screen I was oh my god There was something about that Because I was staring at it Like don't move Don't move Don't move And it just slowly Just moved Yeah. That really scared me. I don't know why. It just got me.
0: It's 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 weird. The visual, like a visual like that, like a, watching a demon inside a monitor or wherever, yeah. or a TV, it's like, it is a it's a scary visual for sure. Yeah. But if you want to really kind of unscarify it, yeah. just start thinking about the technology and the device. <laughs> <laughs> I think, well, they're all little pixels really, aren't they? No, yeah, flat that's all well it is. And, just, yeah. and then you can kind of like talk yourself out of all of the scary moments. Yeah, see, I
1: feel like that's your expertise coming through. For me, I was just like, "Oh my god, he's in the screen. He's gonna pop out." And <laughs> oh, no. I, w- I bet you wouldn't be very good with the ring because you'd be like, "Well, it's just a screen. and It's just pixels." And
0: <laughs> I've never seen it. Have
1: you not? Oh wow. No. Okay. That has. Hey, to I'm nice new then. to this
0: horror game. You've been in it a lot <laughs> longer than I have. <laughs>
1: We definitely have to put that on the list then. Uh, and you can't okay. say anything technical about this. The way. Oh, okay, it
0: works. <laughs> I won't. I won't talk about the technology. <laughs> uh,
1: but but that's kind of it. There were just like few elements that I really liked about this film. Um, but the main overall thing that I really liked was the narrative of the crime writer. I thought that was really interesting. Mm. So what about you? Did you have any favourite scenes or devices?
0: Oh man, with this movie, I didn't. There's a part of me that was a bit kind of when we when we decided to watch this movie, I was part of me was like, oh okay, mm. sinister. Let's just get this out of the way because we have yeah. to get it out of the way because I remember not liking it very much the first time I watched it but then I'm really glad we did watch it because it, I remembered everything I did like about the movie Yeah, and I really like the film opens so I think before just after the studio logos or whatever you just have a long drawn out shot of these of this family tied from their no- uh, from their necks to uh, mm. with rope to a tree branch and that's all you see they're just there standing and then suddenly the counterweight snaps the tr- the other tree branch and then suddenly mm. this all these four people are just flung up into the air and they're kind of like being strangled from a tree yeah and like what a way to start a movie like
1: yeah
0: it's just from it's just silence 16 you know eight millimeter uh, film just and you're just witnessing a family being hung and yeah you know hung until death yeah and then it frees and then you got sinister on the screen i thought that was a great way to start a movie like what a way to kind of grab your attention
1: it sets the tone definitely
0: yeah 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 i i yes i really 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 like that opening scene uh the title scene, I guess the title mm. sequence. Um, other stuff uh, I liked. Something I really respected was what like uh, the the fact that uh, the the kind of the home movies were actually shot on eight millimeter. Yeah. And uh, like I I've shot on eight millimeter in the past, mm. and it's not easy. Like oh, yeah. Like with a lot of like modern cameras, whether it's in your phone or a digital camera, mm. or a little hand camera or whatever, like there's light meters and whatnot inside those devices, so they can adjust the the sensitivity of the right. sensor and everything, and you know. So you're not getting like stuff that's too dark or stuff that's mm. blown out but with film you don't really get that you have to manually set everything and like oh. there's no there's no previewing so you can't see what the shot's going to come out like until it's gone to a lab being processed being developed and then wow. comes back to you so like getting it right is difficult like i mean i'm sure there's i'm sure they had a team of technical wizards that mm. knew exactly what they are doing, but the fact but that, still? yeah that you the fact that they actually went and did it i i i respect that yeah well now that, that you've
1: explained how technical it is yeah absolutely absolutely i was just going to say even if um the lighting slightly changes i guess like that can completely throw off the way that, that it comes out because you know you can't adjust it to yeah. the the new the new lighting so yeah i can imagine that yeah, <laughs> but i suppose yeah, then yeah. it just adds to that element of the graininess of it because that yeah you you can't get that with a modern camera even if you put filters over it you can like, you can totally tell that that's like a hollywood version of what
0: yeah, an 8
1: millimeter would look like
0: yeah because it's more than just adding a faded instagram filter to yeah. a video and putting a few kind of digital <laughs> To dust and scratches on it and whatnot. Yeah, and uh, and uh, I liked watching when you know Ethan Hawke was like you know when he was trying to repair the eight millimeter film. Mm. I think they used this super eight they use in here and yeah. So, but like how he was like you know cutting the film, putting the tape down. I rem- I remember mm. doing that. Like wow, I mean, that's why it's called like cutting. You know, a cut because you're literally slicing the film. You know,
1: I did not know that.
0: And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like this is terminology from back in the yeah, day. I mean, they, it, it
1: makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. I, so I actually kind of enjoyed that bit so it kind of took me back a little bit so that was kind of fun to do yeah it's what we used to do and um, I remember taking a I think it's a oh gosh now I don't even remember I think it's a Bolex camera like taking it around London Mm. and just shooting so you had to wind it up and then push the button and then this starts going you know spinning around and shooting like Canary Wharf and all that and then taking the film back like getting it developed and then you could scratch onto the film so you got the film there you could scratch on a frame and I would scratch loads of little stick men on each frame and it looked like it was climbing Canary Warfare and whatnot is what? really it's really That's lame so but it, that
1: is not lame at all that is so cool
0: it's 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 just silly things we used to do and um yeah uh so yeah I, yeah i enjoyed that bit and the bit where he uh projects the film onto the the wall and then gets his digital video camera and films it to yeah. digitize it that was how we used to digitize it right and i think the process is called like telecine or something mm. but then you take that into like your video editing software then you could cut it up and yeah like whatever but yeah it was, i don't know i i enjoy that bit it kind of I don't know
1: it just it brought, it brought you back there was nostalgia not not the contents of the footage but the fact that it was filmed on on that camera because <laughs> I'm sure you weren't watching and going "Ah, oh, good times <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're watching this horror movie thing. <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, there was one line I really liked in the film when um, the wife goes to uh, Ethan Hawke we didn't just move a few houses down <laughs> from a crime scene did we again or whatever yeah and he's like no we didn't and I'm thinking you've moved into, into the, down the-
1: <laughs> he's like no we didn't move three doors down i mean he's right but <laughs> and he says that later he's like because she she finds out later and she gets so angry he's like but we didn't move three doors down and she just looks at him like are you mad
0: <laughs> oh man yeah yeah I, I thought another bit that was uh, kind of interesting What whatever was you know when ethan Ork is watching the video where the family gets burnt inside the car yeah i remember thinking come on man just call the police don't do yeah. it just call the police and then he did call the police. He did, he did. It was like, okay, movie's about to be over now. He's just gonna call the police and yeah. do the right thing. <laughs> but then as he um you know when the police are like okay how would you like me to redirect your call or whatever mm. he looks at his book on the shelf. Yeah and then instantly he's like no I need to do this for my career and blah blah blah. Yeah and I just felt like that yeah then he hangs up the phone I just thought that that kind of 30 second clip or whatever is just just sums it all up. Yeah like it just sums up his call to action in this yeah. in his journey in this film. I thought it was quite cleverly done rather than forcing it down your throat, and like yeah. all the ingredients had been set up prior to that, like mm. his kind of you know struggle as an author or whatever, and then mm. bang, you, yeah. he's going he's going down the path you don't want him to go.
1: Yeah, they've set him up, and that's what I mean. Like, I think they spent a lot of time on his character development and how they would show him as a person. They have used quite a cool, you know, a few devices to do that, like looking at his old books. And like you said, he doesn't actually say anything; he just puts the phone down. But you know what he's thinking is: mm. this yeah. film means this book means more to me than calling the police. Like, I have to carry on. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. I'll, I, th- sorry, this is the last thing I'm gonna I'm gonna say. You know, um, when the I've noticed that most of my points have nothing to do with the horror of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know, when Deputy So and So starts talking about uh, one, you know, when authors thank people in their yeah, he wants stories. to be the acknowledgements. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Like, have you ever been like a thank you or uh in it well in in a, an acknowledgement of a book or anything like that?
1: I haven't, but my couple- my cousin wrote a book um uh, about hats and my no mum as yeah my my mum um drew the uh the sketches that are in the book with all the different hats and yeah. I'm I'm used in quite a few of those as like the model no wearing way. the hats yeah so not an acknowledgement as written but kind of an acknowledgement as my face oh, which is quite to, cool
0: you'll have to send that over at some point. yeah I'll have it, to yeah. show
1: you um but no I've never been acknowledged in a book um I would love to be I don't know why I think I'm like deputy so-and-so I want my <laughs> Immortalized in a book because yeah. whenever you read the acknowledgements of the book, like that person means something to, to, the, to the author, don't they? Like that's the yeah. person that's got them to where they are. If I was ever that that person for someone, oh, that'd be brilliant.
0: <laughs> when it's like for Karen, love oh, you God. always, or whatever, you know, it's like
1: <laughs> you are my rock, <laughs> yes, I am. Oh, <laughs> Have man. you ever been acknowledged?
0: Yeah, once. <laughs> so, so, but this isn't like a published book or something, but like uh, my friend, um, uh, she was doing her mind. Masters, mm. whilst I was doing my degree, and English wasn't her first language. So at night time I would just read her thing and just tell her right. if there's any corrections or whatever, uh, not thinking much of it. But when she published it, mm. oh, like when you know, when she was submitted, yeah, yeah. she showed me it's all ring bound and everything. And on the first page, I think it had loads of thank yous, but it had my name on it as well. And I was like, why oh. did you put my name in there? It's just like, because you so read sweet. through it. Yeah. Now I just wish I kept a copy of it just so I could prove to people that my name's on something.
1: I did something. <laughs> <laughs> I did
0: something. I've done something with my pathetic little. Life. Life,
1: yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, maybe we should, maybe someone will acknowledge the Fright Fix podcast. They'll do like a whole book about horror films. that would be like, and the only reason I did this was Fright Fix podcast with our names in brackets. So if anybody's writing a book, <laughs> person there. Yeah,
0: hopefully it's not like Fright Fix podcast ruined my life. Yeah. <laughs> Fright Fix podcast was responsible for my divorce. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like the really sarcastic, like, thanks to Fright Fix, my life is falling apart. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, that's uh, that's me done, yeah.
1: So, yeah, we've said what we liked. Is there anything you didn't like about this film? Right.
0: Now, I am really kind of clasping at straws with this one, this right. section, to be totally honest. There wasn't a huge amount I didn't like. Um, if I kind of had to really kind of nitpick, the, a lot of the movie was very dark, I yeah. found. And, I mean, my eyesight is okay at the best of times i mean, in when I obviously I wear glasses. Yeah. And uh, without my glasses, I'm virtually blind. But some, yeah, it's very very dark movie and some bits I found a bit difficult to see and uh, mm. maybe they used it just to kind of hide the cheapo sets and the cheap kind of special effects possibly uh, so I struggled with that a little bit but then I might be in the minority there I might be kind of I think I'm probably just nitpicking now mm. um, and uh, I thought the the music that they played over the the eight millimeter home videos when the murders are yeah. happening I thought the music was very unsettling very scary mm. like you know it did add to it but but I just it also kind of took me out of the scene a little bit. So simultaneously. Right. So I just found it a bit kind of unbelievable. Cause sometimes I think there were one or two shots where they just had the, you know, the film cameras shutter just, you know, mm. playing with no music. And I kind of almost found that a bit more yeah scary or a bit more I, I found it easier to kind of get into it. Like but, Yeah, just
1: the whirring of the camera and the, what you what would actually sound like if you were watching it yourself.
0: Yeah. 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 So but I don't think it's uh I mean what I've just mentioned, I don't think it's uh like a violation at any point. I don't no. I would not Mark the movie down For these two things That's the thing So it is me just I have to put something In this section So I'm yeah. just saying this But there was one thing In the film That I felt right. was a dis- Like disgraceful Oh my god <laughs> So you know the bit Where he takes the video clip Like he So he's digitised The video clips mm-hmm. right And he's put them On his old school Apple Mac laptop Yeah And he's loaded up One of the clips In like QuickTime Or something Yeah And there's one clip Where I think he can Make out like a sign But it's too dark Yeah Like especially black And then he loads up the little control thing with the yeah with all the 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 sliders Mm. and so he wants to make the sign more visible but it's too dark so he opens up the slider and turns the contrast up Mm. and um but the thing is he wanted to brighten up (laughs) the clip so you adjust the brightness (laughs) what the contrast would have done was made the clip even darker So that, that annoyed the hell out of me. Yeah. Like, a minor detail, dude. Yeah. Like, like they would have had to gone out of their way to make the, yeah. the contrast slider make <laughs> the clip brighter. That would have... So somebody would have sat in an editing thing and some special yeah. effects thing putting that together where all they had to do is adjust the brightness.
1: Brightness. Oh, that's so funny. Because if
0: you want to brighten up a clip, <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: you change, change the brightness, the brightness. slider. <laughs> that's like then one of the up the clip and turn the volume up. You know, it's like, yeah. that's how effective it would have been. To, yeah.
1: yeah. That's so funny that that's disgraceful I thought oh, it was no. going to be such a mate. Amazing- <laughs> major thing I did notice to be fair though that they and one of the bits when he's getting like doing his um investigating and he's pulling up all of these digitized versions of the videos he like zooms in and then onto the face of Bagul and then it's suddenly really clear (laughs) and I'm like I'm sorry but it's from like the 60s or 70s you filmed the video and then you've uploaded it and then you've zoomed in and suddenly it's like the clearest photo of his face ever it it just would not
0: work it would not no it's like you know inside science fiction movies when they're like enhanced, yeah enhance. and like
1: that slider almost comes across from the top to the bottom of the um the photo and then it just suddenly is like way clearer it yeah, just doesn't the, work that way
0: the funny thing is where I think they made a mistake if they wanted to enhance the footage if they went direct to the negative of the film mm. there is a small chance they could have done that successfully right. but because he started to zoom into the digital version of the yeah. film if he zoomed in all he would have seen was pixels
1: yeah just massive pixels and you yeah, can't do anything yeah. with that uh, yeah so in my Less technical brain Than yours Even I noticed That a few of those things Didn't make <laughs> sense
0: <laughs> oh, What about you What did you not like About this movie If anything
1: Well there's only one One big-ish thing That I, I'm i kind of Nitpicking as well But the first thing I want to say Which is kind of Along the same lines as what we're talking about With the kind of digital When he's doing the investigation Of all the different Bits of footage And what I love about Kind of investigations When you're going through Films like this Is that I like to guess What's going to happen So I'll like really look Into all of the scenes And like see if, I, if He's going to pick pick something out of them that we might have missed and things like that and so there's a scene where he when the family are being hanged he notices that Bagul's in the background in the bushes, the bushes.
0: Yeah, yeah yeah yeah
1: so he zooms in and then it's like oh my god Bagul's there and I had to pause the film and go back because I remember looking at it and saying okay there's nothing in the background like there's nothing we've missed because that's what I like to do I just find it fun to try and the figure the beginning out of
0: the something. movie where you see the hanging originally
1: yeah because there's two you see it at the beginning of the movie and then you yeah. see it Again When he yeah. sees it So I yeah. went back To both of them yeah. And looked yeah. at it And that he isn't in the background Of either of those So they cheated So, <laughs> so they cheated Basically So that we wouldn't guess And I understand That Bagul has this Kind of weird ability To like manipulate Technology in a, in a way oh, Like he's he in photos to, And stuff yeah, yeah. yeah
0: He seems to go In and out of the film At, yeah. at his wish
1: yeah. at, his, at his wish But that kind of felt Like a aha moment Like I've, I've caught him But yeah. Yeah. you can't That's a bit of a cop out To like not have him Even really subtly in the background of those initial oh, views of it, because yeah. like if you did catch it, you'd be like, "Oh, that's weird." Like, I wonder what that's going to be. Yeah. And you know, he they just photoshopped it in, and it was like, "Okay, yeah. well, you kind of missed the trick there, I think."
0: Because it would have paid like so if there's a if there's an eagle-eyed viewer, it, w- it would have paid off for them because they would have noticed yeah. it. But it's like cheating because it's like adding yeah. a clue when the clue wasn't even there to begin with. This yeah, it's kind of weird. yeah.
1: You're revealing a clue when it wasn't there
0: to start yeah. with, and
1: yeah. you know if you watch film again you might notice it from the beginning be like oh that's really creepy like he's there he's he's in all of the scenes but yeah they just didn't do that so that kind of annoyed me Mm. um and then the only other thing that I was thinking about was like you mentioned it um when we were talking about what we like and you said oh none of it's like the scary bits or the horror elements of the film yeah and actually I would appreciate this film as a mystery crime film by itself I think yeah um as much as I love the scariness as much as I, I think that the character of is really scary I quite like the idea of a crime writer going into a house that a crime had taken place finding this found footage and starting to figure out who the serial killer is and the serial killer ending up being a person
0: yeah and it yeah. might
1: have been more of like an investigation where he speaks to more people and then the person ends up being someone really close to him i don't know you know you know yeah. How it goes
0: yeah yeah um
1: and it becoming more of like a mystery detective but kind of a dark because de- you know these found footage things are really dark you could still use the children like he might might have been a teenager who manipulated like other kids to do things for him like a bit of a bully or something um and I think this film would have worked really well in that way and you could even have the ending being that like the the crime writer does too much for his own good like he gets too involved and ultimately dies at the hands of like whoever the serial killer is um and it's like his fatal flaw is that he really wanted to write this book and he ends up dying because of it because he got too entwined in it um or like he has to be saved by the police and the police are the people that he keeps. you know disparaging in his books and they end up saving him or you know and he has to learn something about the way that he writes his books i, I don't know i thought that that would have been like cool i,
0: I think you've done it this week
1: <laughs> have I? I think
0: i think you've just t- talked about a movie that i want to watch now
1: <laughs> i've done a circ finally <laughs>
0: <laughs> that sounds really cool it just sounds so much more thought out and right? considered and layered and i think so this obviously Sinister's like the 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 way they went because they realized they had no budget so they just went this yeah. way but if they had a bit more money and a bit more yeah. time I would I would want them to make your version
1: yeah I think I don't know it just yeah and because the whole scenes where he's like figuring out who Bagul is that could just be him figuring out who the serial killer is instead like he's he's still looking at all the digitised versions of the videos and he's you know he's still really getting into it but it just doesn't end up being you know a demon um, but yeah I mean but it doesn't mean that I didn't like the fact that it was a horror film it was just the fact that like maybe it could have been cool as a crime, crime film as well um, Yeah, but yeah that was that was kind of it To be honest, that I didn't like. Um, I I did mention before that I don't think this film has like loads of levels. I don't think it's overly deep, Um, but it does what it is supposed to, which is to scare the pants off you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, what's your uh, Fright Fix rating for Sinister?
1: Yes. Well, um, okay. So, I think that this is going to be quite similar to Insidious for me um, because it's a film that is a proper horror film. You know, they don't cut corners when it comes to jump scares and making the ghost incredibly scary in my eyes and the whole, yeah, really interesting narrative. Um, But I think this film does a bit more than Insidious when it comes to creative ways of getting the plot to move forwards and creative scenes. I think it feels like someone sat down and thought about it for maybe a few more weeks than (laughs) Insidious did, just because it's, yeah, yeah, there's a few really interesting techniques. So I think I gave Insidious a 7 out of 10. So I think I'm going to give Sinister an 8 out of 10 because... Yeah It goes along the same lines As Insidious In the fact that it's Yeah Not super deep But does what it's supposed to But it actually I think it does a little bit More than that Yeah
0: I think 8 out of 10 Is a good score
1: Yeah I mean It always feels hard Giving something a good Because for me Candyman was such a good film And I gave that 10 out of 10 You did yeah 8 out of 10 Feels really close to 10 out of 10 But like this is sinister is in no way in the same league as Candyman for me. No. So it's kind of I'm doing a different ranking. This is the scary, you know, horror film ranking. Yeah, that was yeah. more of like just general ranking. So yeah, eight out of ten, I think.
0: Yeah, I think Candyman's your gold standard at the moment. Isn't I it?
1: think it might be. I keep, refer- <laughs> and that's why I find it hard to rate all of the other ones because it either feels like it's too close to Candyman, or it's you know I'm not being fair enough.
0: Well, I mean these scores are just you putting your reputation on the line. so... <laughs> you know no pressure
1: <laughs> i'm not gonna get an acknowledgement now in any any books because people think i'm too mean what about you what's what's your rating
0: oh i think you've summed it up quite nicely um i mean i thought ethan hawke was great he's very watchable and i followed his journey from start to end i thought it was really clear and you know just watching his Descent into The occult Mm -hmm. And his descent Into the bottom Of a bottle I thought was very good Uh, He started off Reasonably likable And became As the plot progressed He became quite unlikable But I was still Rooting for him Yeah And uh, yeah So I thought the audio Was unsettling The music creeped me out Big time Mm I thought the villain was very very unique. Um, yeah, I liked his kind of weird, uh, you know, Willy Wonka Pied Piper twist on yeah. the on the character. How he's kind of like stealing people's children away, and I feel like we didn't even talk about the villain in this piece. We but didn't yeah. really. And yeah. So. To
1: be fair, I, I I know that they wanted him to look like Willy Wonka at the beginning. Like they wanted him to look like Johnny Depp's version of Willy Wonka, and oh I'm really gosh. glad they decided not to do that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but like you're this, absolutely
1: right. Yeah, it's
0: like this. He it looks like something out of Kiss or like, like there's this DC character called Lobo he looked a bit like him and uh, but basically this I mean just for anyone that's listening uh, the villain he finds a child in a family and makes the child kill the family and then steals the kid away into Mm. and jumps into the film that sounds like really weird saying that out loud (laughs) but anyway I thought the villain was very unique and I found the villain very memorable both visually and in terms of just what he does like uh, you know I've not seen another horror movie like it you know it's more than just going around stabbing people and killing them Yeah, and um, um, I especially like the effort they put into the eight millimeter film mm-hmm. and how, you know, that in itself is not easy to get right. And I've seen a yeah. lot of ones get it wrong. Uh, as I said before, like, you know, just slapping on an Instagram filter yeah. and hoping for the best. But it was very effective in this film. And, yeah. um, but overall, the film is actually very scary. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so be sure to watch this with the headphones or with the sound system turned up, mm-hmm. turn the lights off. Yeah. Uh, this is a good one. Uh, yeah. For me, it's a solid nine out of 10.
1: Brilliant. I think that's a really good rating. I think you've hit the nail on the head with effort. Like, they've put a lot of effort into this film, from the characters to the plot, everything. I think yeah. you, you do have to, to give a film that, because anybody who tries to, to do something a bit different gets a really good score. So I think 9 and 8 out of 10, that's pretty good.
0: So that's like a 8.5 on average, 8.5 out of 10. That's definitely that's... one of our better rated oh, movies. I was
1: going to say, that's probably one of one of our higher ones, Um, which is not mm. what I expected, to be honest, when I went into this film. Um, I thought it was just going to be a the run-of-the-mill horror film but to me I think you will come away with it thinking yeah this is knock your socks off scary and actually has a little bit of a plot that goes along with it which is also a plus
0: we'll have to start keeping like a rankings of all of our ratings because I don't think we've got one where we just can you know maybe reveal to ourselves what we rated the movies throughout the year and, and then there's an and ultimate
1: rankings. horror movie list of like yeah. best to worst from our own opinions that is a really good idea we should probably yeah. do that because um I wonder what we get the top spot well so
0: I don't think we scored our first few reviews
1: we didn't no so maybe we need to retrospectively score those and add those in at some point point. and then yeah we've got these films and i think eight and a half out of ten is pretty valid for this we hope you enjoyed this week's fright fix join us next week as we explore a new horror film
0: if you have any suggestions of movies you want us to cover contact us on instagram or twitter or you can email us at podcast at fightfix.com
1: see you next time